Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is good to be with you another Monday evening, reflecting into this great topic of witness. I have a repeat guest for the first time here Monday evening. Uh, There was such a positive response to the first time that Peter joined me. I went ahead and asked him again. And so, Peter, it's great to have you with me uh, tonight. Thank you very much, Joe. Good to be back. So, Peter, last time you were with me, we talked about the importance of, of witness within the context of, of the silent moment. You know, yes. What are we doing behind closed doors? What are we doing when nobody's looking? And we're going to pick up on that a little bit and go deeper. I actually went back to listen to the program between you and I. Oh, a month and a half ago, maybe now, two months ago. And certainly some of the things we talked about then, we will talk again uh, about tonight. Uh, But I want to go deeper. And what I really want to focus in on is the importance of how our yes in the public circle witnesses to the people around us. So it is to say that uh, in light of last week to this week, what we do in secret has everything to do with what we do in public. Um, you cannot turn the faith on and off. It is mm-hmm. unitive. Yes. Everything that we do is interconnected. Uh, so it is to say how we go about living our lives in the concreteness and particularity of each and every moment is going to be seen on the outside. Mm-hmm. And that is really what lies at the heart of our faith. I think as we discussed a couple months ago that the spirituality of St. Therese Uh, the little way, that really lies at not only the heart of what it means to witness to our faith, but really what uh, our relationship with God is about. So as we pick up on what we talked about a few months ago and just continue to expand it, we really are here tonight about looking at this topic of witness more within the context of how our yes on the outside impacts uh, those people around us. So how are yes in the face of maybe a danger or persecution certainly uh, one cannot help but think of uh, the words of one tertullian who we will be talking about tomorrow actually uh, his great words the the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the faith oh yeah you know uh benedict the 16th you know he likes to talk about how really the one and lasting proof that God exists is the fact that man and woman are willing to lay down their life to God. Yeah, I, I remember a very, very good priest once telling me that the world doesn't need, we're talking about what does the world need more of? Mm-hmm. And I was making the argument for more Bible studies. If we had more Bible studies as Catholics, yeah. as Catholics knew sacred scripture, how beautiful and profound it is, the world would be a better place. And he, you know, laughed and and he said, well, absolutely, that's right. But what the world needs more of is not more Bible studies necessarily. What the world needs more of is saints. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he made a very good point to me that 
as Christians, we are public people. That's right. And basically, what it comes down to is we are walking billboards. Mm-hmm. And people see us outside, and they know who we are. They see us from a distance, or they see us up close, and they're watching us. And we profess Christ to be our Lord and our Savior over our private lives and over our public lives. Mm-hmm. And they're looking to see, do these two things mesh? Mm-hmm. Is there a unity in this person? Mm-hmm. Is there a real authenticity in this person? And it's just very important for us as Christians to be that authentic billboard. Mm-hmm. You know, not just to say you're Christians around other Christians or quote Bible verses among other Christians mm-hmm. where it's easy, but to be Christian all the time. And that always stuck with me to be a walking billboard for Christ, no matter where I'm at. That's right. Yeah, because you can do a lot of damage if you're uh, professing the faith by uh, word but not deed. A lot yes. of damage. I was just talking uh, last week about an, an encounter I had while on the plane heading to Minnesota uh, last week where I was sitting next to a Syrian gentleman who was Muslim. Mm-hmm. And we got uh, pretty quick into a deep discussion. <laughs> it didn't yeah. take long. He'd asked me uh, what I do and why I was heading to Minnesota and, and it involved giving a talk. And he looks at me and he says, so what is more important, worship or the act? And I looked back at him and I said, um, well, answer, answering the question with the question, can you separate one from the other? Yes. And he was quiet. He didn't respond for a couple minutes. That's a great and, and, response. And, and, well, I actually thought I said the wrong thing. And he, he looked back at me and said, no, you cannot. No, you cannot. Because in the end, what it's all about, Peter, is being in God for other. Mm-hmm. A point we can never reinforce enough. Coming to understand that we... We have this gift in Jesus Christ so as to better understand the task to serve other. Uh, new identity, new, new goal. Yeah. We come to know him so that we might uh, make him known. Mm-hmm. And this really is what lies at the heart of what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. Um, because if we are going to talk about one, we have to talk about the other. If we're going to talk about the other, we have to talk about one. Yeah. In listening to our program last time together, I didn't feel like we talked enough about the other. So... Taking a step back, what gets in the way of our public witness? Why don't we do what we should always do? Mm-hmm. But fear. Yes. Fear. You know, one theologian said the opposite of love is not hate, but fear. Interesting. And that makes perfect sense. Now, John Paul II would say the opposite of love is to use, and certainly that makes a lot of sense. But I, I yeah. think you can, you can talk about this in that context that yeah the opposite of love is to fear yeah because in many ways it's it's the absence of love uh-huh and so in fear then what you have is the absence of of trust yeah the absence of faithfulness the mm-hmm. absence of of relationship typically we fear what we do not know and as a result we begin to erect buildings <laughs> the size of cathedrals protecting these fears Mm-hmm. And all we fail to do is ultimately to love and to allow God to work in our lives in a new and profound way. When we overcome those fears, what we're exercising quintessentially, Peter, is our relationship with Jesus Christ. What does Paul say? 
We did not receive the spirit of slavery in which we fall back into fear, but the spirit of sonship in which you cry, Abba, Father. I remember I was a missionary um, out of high school with a beautiful program called NET Ministries. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's an acronym. NET stands for the National Evangelization Teams. And it's this organization based out of St. Paul, Minnesota, where you devote a year of your life and you travel around the country and you give high school retreats proclaiming the basic gospel message. And it was a very, very good experience for me to sort of practice being a public witness. And I think one thing that should be said up front is some people have like a temperament, a natural temperament, to be outgoing. They're people persons. And it's not very difficult for them to engage in conversations like you had mm -hmm. in the airplane. Mm -hmm. um, some people are very introvert, and it's very hard for them to talk to strangers. And it's very hard for them to make up spontaneous conversations. But I found, and I myself, I think I would categorize myself as somebody who's outgoing and somebody who gets along with people easily. Sure. Um, that's not really a problem. It's more of a gift from God. Sure. And I remember there was this girl that I served with as a missionary, and she was very introvert. It was very hard for her to step outside of her comfort zone mm -hmm. to give her testimony in front of strangers and to do these types of things as a public witness. Mm -hmm. And I remember kind of teasing her about it a little bit, and she told me, it's not as easy for me. This mm -hmm. is really hard. Sure. And I recognized, wow, you know, this is a gift that I have. St. Thomas Aquinas says that grace perfects nature. Mm -hmm. So the Lord used my natural gifts and perfected them for his glory. Mm -hmm. And some other people, they might not be as naturally disposed. But, however, this girl had this problem of being shy and being timid. And I watched her struggle with that. Mm -hmm. And I watched her really intercede, asking the Lord, um, please help me. Help me to be a better public witness. And at the end of it, she was a great public witness. That's she right. overcame that fear. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was more just a, a lack of belief in herself, I think. I think at the end of the year, when I look back um, on this experience, I remember her be, being very shy and very timid, mm -hmm. but at the end of the year, she sort of flowered. Mm -hmm. She sort of let herself go. And I remember thinking to myself, you're a lot more gifted than you realize. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, the Lord, he's using you quite a bit. And um, she reached people that I couldn't reach. That's right. And I reached people that she couldn't reach. But the point is, she was open to the Holy Spirit, and she allowed herself to overcome that fear. And it was a beautiful thing to watch, that freedom, that emancipation that mm -hmm. happened within mm -hmm. herself. Sure. Yeah, the Lord doesn't always need our strengths as much as he always needs our weaknesses. <laughs> yeah. Because ultimately what happens in that moment is we lean upon God more. Yeah, and so the introvert is going to have his or her challenge, and the extrovert is going to have his or her challenges. And in both cases... There are weaknesses and strengths, and it is really turning them both over, but I would even say more so our weaknesses, because then we become more whole that way, because essentially what is taking place is Christ is filling us up 
with His grace. And it's important that as you were talking about that, we highlight the principle of relationship because that's really what it's about. Yeah. She was able uh, able to overcome her fear, Peter, mm-hmm. because the Lord gave her that confident assurance that she can do what she needs to do because Jesus Christ was going to give her the grace that she needed. Yeah. And uh, amen for her becoming the best version of who God was calling her to be in that moment and, of course, in that year. Being quite familiar with Net Ministries, of, as my family has been involved with that, I too have seen profound conversion take place within the hearts of those who have gone on that year and traveled to the United States. And Mm -hmm. and really, it's about giving God uh, the weakness so that we might be able to overcome our fears and essentially do what uh, God asks us to do. And what does that lead to, Peter? It leads to peace. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really uh, another key piece for us tonight, is as we talk about that public witness and saying yes. Mm -hmm. We have to be rooted in that relationship with God that is about peace. Now, peace is a spiritual fruit. So what we need to focus in on then is is how, okay? So often we look at peace as the absence of something, the absence of warfare, or as Pope Francis put it in the joy of the gospel, uh, a negotiated settlement. But it's so much more than just a negotiated settlement or the absence of warfare, as much as it's spiritual welfare and being in covenant harmony with Jesus Christ. In fact, if you were to go into the Hebrew, shalom, the word literally means covenant harmony, covenant relationship with God. That's why Jesus says everywhere he goes, what? Peace be with you. Mm. Because ultimately, if we have peace, then we are disposed to listen and disposed to engage what is before us. Mm -hmm. So often we equate peace with the absence of the storm, but in fact it is not that. It is more that we are able to look into the eye of the storm and say what our Lord says, be still, peace, be still. I like to equate it with, uh, you know, if you were to watch um, The Sound of Music, I think we're all familiar with The Sound of Music. You know, what happens when when there's a thunderstorm, what do the kids do? They go to Maria von Trapp's bedroom. Why? Because there was a sense of security there. Mm-hmm. Three, four months back here in Chico, there was a thunderous, a very loud, thunderous clapping noise. And I was talking with my wife later, and she was talking about how the kids went to her bedroom, <laughs> you know, went to our bedroom. Why? Because that's where they feel secure. Yeah. And so in our relationship with Jesus Christ, what we are made to see, Peter, is, yeah, peace is, is just not the absence of something as much as it is a relationship with Jesus Christ that allows us to look into the eye of the storm and say, be still. And what does this have to do with the public witness? Well, everything. We've already talked about the martyrs. All you have to do is go through the history of the church and all of the wonderful examples we call saints and how they looked into the eye of the storm and they said, be still, do your best. You will not overwhelm me. You will not overcome me. No, because I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Today, yeah. today there are lots of trials and circumstances that we face, our personal storms. And what I propose is if we have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, we will have the grace and strength necessary to say, be still, your friend from net right? Mm-hmm. Her storm was getting in front of a bunch of people and having to talk. Yeah. And she says, be still. It's poise. In this spiritual and Christian journey, we are called to be poised. Yeah. 
And I think that um, what really happens when you're at peace like you're talking about and that covenant relationship with God, it's a right relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And that right relationship with God makes you at a right relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very underestimated today about, you know, um, yeah, I mean, you can just go on and on with all this, the self-help book out, books out there and all the different products that they want you to buy in order to find peace, find comfort. But you can't replace the peace of Christ. Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. have a right relationship with Christ and you're working towards being a saint, you will have a right relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. And you will find that peace that is a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And being a fruit of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit dwells within you. That's right. And you're you're comfortable with yourself. You are who you are. And that same girl I was talking about today, um, she is a Benedictine sister. She's in a missionary order mm-hmm. with the Benedictines mm-hmm. in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And she's at peace with herself. Mm-hmm. And she laughs about those experiences of, remember the times I used to shake up there, yeah. giving my public witness? Yeah, yeah. Remember the times when I used to just quake at the thought of it? Mm-hmm. And now here she is. Every day of her life is a public witness. Yeah, She's always right. being confronted and always um, given these opportunities to witness to Christ. Mm-hmm. What a beautiful transformation that happened in her. It's mm-hmm. almost like a, like a butterfly. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. there's this little caterpillar. Maybe the caterpillar symbolizes being afraid or being timid. And if you let yourself go in Christ, uh, he gives you those wings and you're able to, to become who you are. Mm-hmm. That's what right. you truly are. Yeah. You used the image earlier, Peter, of being a billboard, and um, I would go one step further in saying that <laughs> if there can be a distinction, if you're religious uh, and or a priest, uh, you are the town clock. You yeah. know, the, there's a few billboards in town. There's only one town clock, and, and everyone's looking. Everyone's yeah. looking. And, yeah, God has certainly prepared her. And as we talk about this, there is a gift of the Holy Spirit. We really highlighted the fruit of peace, but there's a gift that precedes that fruit, and that is fortitude mm. uh, or, or courage. Yes. You know, and this is the, the strength. We talked about the strength that grace gives us. The word fortitude in the Latin, fortissimo, literally means strength. It, it, is, it is that gift which empowers us to look in the eye of the storm. It is the act of saying, be still, mm-hmm. essentially. And so that's really important, especially today, because there is the tendency to blend in. And how tragic is that? Mm-hmm. I was speaking with a priest friend, and he says, really, the only one great tragedy of any one Christian is their failure to become a saint. Yes. Because of the wonder and the beauty that is the life of a saint. And that really hit me. And I think he may have actually been quoting another saint when he said that. I don't know. But in the end, what was at the heart of it is how saints are set apart. Yes. You noticed them. They're yes. Uh, and I say yes, but also they're no, because sometimes we are led to say no, because behind every no is an immeasurable greater yes, right? What we are made to see within that is the reality of not blending in. Mm-hmm. You know, today, 
2014, we are encouraged to blend in. In fact, if we don't blend in, uh, we are criticized and we are persecuted. But this is exactly what Jesus Christ was talking about. Indeed. You know, Jesus says, read the signs of the times. Hey, Paul made it clear. Paul made it clear for us. The world is going to reject truth. The world is going to reject the light uh, that we are called to give. And we have to do everything within our power um, in our relationship with Jesus Christ to uh, be emboldened and be empowered to profess the name of Jesus Christ in word or deed. We cannot blend in. Definitely. I think that was so well said. Um, yeah, I think it's just such a, a temptation, really, for Christians to blend in the world. And I think last program we talked about how important it is to be a silent witness. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's where the foundation lies, mm -hmm. in your personal prayer life, um, in your meditation, in your reflection, allowing the words of Christ to seep over you into your mind and into your heart, into your soul, and to take root inside of you. That's where the foundation lies. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't end there. Nope. You're not supposed to be a silent witness. Um, Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples out of all nations. That's right. So we're called to step out. We're called to be public witnesses. We're not called to blend in. Mm -hmm. And I think there's so many small stories that I could share, but just thinking of one is how easy it is, you know, here in Chico, California, the main source of industry, the main thing we have going on here is Chico State, the university. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what happens during college, people are trying to find themselves, and there's a lot of temptation and ultimately a lot of promiscuity That's right. in the world today. A friend of mine who he's very open about his struggles and temptations, and he often points out pretty girls to me mm -hmm. and just says, wow, look at her, look at that. Did you see what she's wearing? And there's that temptation to blend in. There's that mm -hmm. temptation not to say anything. Yep. You know, look away. Or there's a temptation to not say anything and look mm -hmm. and be a part of it. Yeah. Or am I supposed to be that public witness mm -hmm. and and say, oh, it's, a, it's a shame she doesn't know her value. That's right. It's yeah. a shame she doesn't know who she is that's in right. God. And you, you just make, you have to pray and that's what we talked about last program. Mm -hmm. You have to discern in the spirit when it's correct to say these types of things to make that stand. Um, but it's important. If, if you're always silent, then, okay, he's a pushover. He doesn't really stand up for what he believes in. But if you are a Christian and a serious Christian, you need to make a stand. You need to not blend in and, and defend the dignity and the value of Christian beliefs yeah, and, and in the dignity and the value of each individual person. That's right. I mean, our Lord says, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God and purity integrated is at its core and at its essence is seeing the dignity and the value of each and every person, especially these uh, women that are all around us to see them as daughters of God first and foremost. Mm -hmm. I mean, the more we say yes to our spirit-led convictions, the more our public witness will grow. Mm -hmm. The more, Peter, you say to your friend, well, yeah, look at her. She's God's crown jewel. I mean, look at her for who she is. What's going to happen is next time 
the gentleman who, who you're with will see a girl. That's what he'll think about. And then he'll right. inquire more and more. And then the dialogue and the conversation matures. It grows. It expands. And then we become more resolved to witness. Mm-hmm. Mindful that it will always be set apart. Remember the word holiness in its Hebrew simply means to be set apart. Tradesh, to be set apart. Mm-hmm. To be set apart from the world. Our yes, our conviction, our resolve will always be set apart. We must engage anywhere and everywhere because that's where the conviction is going to expand and to grow. And it's the old proverb, what you feed grows. Yeah, and isn't, isn't that what your program is called? Isn't it called Seeds of Truth? That's right. And ultimately, yeah. that's what we're doing. We're planting little seeds of truth. And St. Paul talks about live out the truth and love. We're not just throwing these truth bombs at people. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what I think. There's these opposite extremes of, well, I don't want to be a public witness. I don't want to be called a radical. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be called an extremist. Yeah. I'm not throwing bombs at people yeah, to destroy yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually doing the exact opposite. I'm planting seeds in order to encourage them to grow as a human person mm-hmm. and to develop as a human person. And that's that's all that, that I think being a public witness is about, is that's right. planting little seeds of truth, really. Mm-hmm. You know, you're on a highway, uh, maybe you're on I-5 heading down south, and maybe you're in Bakersfield right before the grapevine, and, and you see a tomato stand. Yeah. You look at that first tomato stand and you say, wow, those tomatoes look good. You know, maybe you f- drive five miles down the road and you see a second tomato stand and you're like, wow, those tomatoes look even better than the first tomato stand. <laughs> By the fifth tomato stand, you're buying the whole tomato stand. Right? Yeah, yeah. You're just laying the foundation. And it's to remember, <laughs> Peter, it's, it's to remember, if you think about it critically. That's a funny analogy. <laughs> <laughs> but true, right? It is very true, yeah. <laughs> Your desire grows. The more you see it and the, and the more you see its goodness, your desire grows for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's it's very real. I mean, you know, I'm one of 11 kids, and we would literally buy whole tomato stands by the yeah. time, fifth or sixth time we saw it. You know, <laughs> what is going on here? What did Jesus do when he was here on earth? We would have been overwhelmed with the truth that is Jesus Christ, the second person of Godhead. Are you kidding me? Yeah. If he just came here on earth and said, well... This is what I'm about. No, baby steps. I mean, you think about it, 30 years he was here on earth, and only Mary and Joseph knew. You think that's, about that. That's right. And as a silent <laughs> witness, he was, he was waiting for God's timing, for his father's time. That's right. And um, he was living out a silent witness. He was preparing the, um, the soil to, to bear fruit. That's right. And sanctifying the wonder and the beauty of marriage, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so many things going oh, on there. Oh, <laughs> gosh, yeah. But then in his three years of public ministry, what is he doing? Slowly and surely he's revealing himself, knowing that we can only absorb and comprehend so much. And, and that's what the public witness is about. Really living out our faith in Jesus Christ in word and deed, and inviting inward, indeed, those who are around us to converse with us so that they might better understand the faith step by step. And Jesus didn't come on this earth and say, I'm God. Yeah, that's Accept right. Accept me yep. or you're condemned. He could have easily done that. He's yeah, God yeah. and he has every right to say, accept me. Yeah. I'm God. This is who I am. But instead, in those 30 years, he lived out a silent witness. He prepared the soil, eventually on his 30th birthday at the wedding of Cana, he begins his public ministry. 
And ultimately, he has a public ministry of three years, but he never condemns anybody. Nope, nope. He just slowly keeps planting these seeds, mm-hmm. and he says, I'm doing this for you out of love. I love you so much, in fact, I'm going to die for you mm-hmm. because I love you. I'm going to die on the cross because I love you. I'm not going to force myself on you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to condemn you. I'm going to offer you this invitation of love. That's astounding. Mm-hmm. That's, it is. that's the God who we serve. Amen. That's the God that we need to use as our example. Amen. And on that note, let us close in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. And God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 6.30 p.m. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.